Good evening, world. As you know, we are working our way through the Asylum series that cliffhangs after this episode, uh, but there will be more, and which is why we're doing it. We're going to bring closure to this series that I started uh, back in 2014 and then never never got around to finishing. So, Cody, are you are you ready for this? I, you know, I I guess I've you know <laughs> you were pretty pumped at the end of the last I, I, one. Well, I happened? was but now i, I seem to I, i'm, I'm kind of yeah of course i am come on <laughs> joshua please i'm off the edge of my seat here i can't wait for All it right. I, am, I am drawn in i am i am i cannot wait i didn't mention this earlier but that minnesota accent there buddy Great job eh? <laughs> oh i was pushing it hard i hope that's not offensive to anybody up in minnesota <laughs> because that is um Straight up just Fargo. It's just Fargo. <laughs> well, you did a good job. Thanks. Yeah, okay, so this is part three. This is the last video I posted in 2014, and the next time I posted was in 2020 in October. So um, this is, uh, we're, we're driving off a cliff here, Cody. I'll, I'll, I'm going with you. <laughs> Let's do it. dark place it's easy to let your imagination go wild and this is the first mental checkpoint for a paranormal investigator the thought that I tried to focus on most as I stood in the impossibly black vestibule of the asylum basement the power of suggestion is well just that powerful I'm in the basement of a building that someone I don't know says is too scary to go into so of course it's going to be scary. My mind makes it scary. And it's gonna be a long night, and now's the time to get over it and find somewhere to place my camera. So I decided the best bet was to go straight because it requires the least amount of decision making, and it would likely be the most interesting choice of the three. So, putting on my mental horse blinders, I stepped away from the opening and further into the darkness. It felt different down here. Almost immediately after stepping into this new offshoot of the building, it was like the air thinned out. It was easier to breathe, easier to walk. It was almost as if I passed through a boundary, like at a haunted attraction where the actors can only go so far before they have to reset. Whatever I felt following me back there had reached its limit and I was free. For now. But usually a haunted house like that, the situations get worse and worse. What would be waiting for me next? No, I can't think like that, I thought, as I continued down the hallway. I've done this dozens of times, and this is no different. The only thing that can truly help or hurt me is my mind. I honestly believe that. Just then I realized that the hall had changed. I had been so caught up in my failure of a pep talk that I completely failed to realize that I was somewhere very different from before. 
The first 20 yards that I had walked had no doors and no windows, just solid wall. But what caught my eye now was the opening on my right, much bigger than a doorway. I inched forward, unable to see what was in there. It looked like a, a small room with a chair. I couldn't quite tell, it was so dark, but was that a chair in the room facing away from me? The room looked small and massive at the same time. I knew in my mind where the walls were, they were no more than eight feet apart in, in a perfect square, but my mind saw past that, as if the walls went forever. I got closer. Was there someone in the chair facing into the darkness? I, I didn't see someone, but I felt, I, I felt him there. I could feel how he was sitting with his head back and his, his feet out, almost like a sleeping security guard or a, or a corpse placed in a chair. As I got closer still, I noticed, was it ropes or, or wires strung from the ceiling? My foot slipped as I started to lose my balance. Dropping the infrared camera in the hallway, I scrambled to grab onto something. Anything as I began to slip into what I now recognized as the open elevator shaft. Time slowed down. I don't know how, but it was as if each thought of mine was clear and complete in the three seconds that it took me to fall into the shaft. First I thought, if I fight this, I'm gonna get hurt. Commit to falling. And then I thought, grab the wire! And I reached out with both hands and, and gripped the metal coil, stopping my momentum for just a second. Look down! I flashed my headlamp to the floor, just four feet below, as the weight from my body caused the suspended elevator car to rumble and shake loose some debris which fell onto me. Let go. Eyes on the floor. Make your body limp. Embrace the impact. Watch your head. As I hit the floor, a shock of pain shot through my body from my heels straight up my spine. I fell back in a squat with my back against the wall. And for a moment, I was in the most excruciating pain of my entire life. But it faded fast with the distraction of debris hitting the floor around me. The coiled wires of the lift banged and clanged like the world's largest slinky. For a moment, I thought the car would fall. That my life would be over. I thought of all the people I didn't say I love you to enough. My unborn children and my wife back at home. My parents. I thought of the eulogy they would give at my low attendance funeral. He was a nice guy, but pretty fucking stupid to fall down an elevator shaft. I pushed past my comfort level and opened my eyes, looking up to the massive door from which I fell, which, to my utter surprise, was closed. What an asshole. I mean, He's nice, nice guy, guy, but pretty what fucking a, stupid. What an idiot. And also, how could you... This, this was uh, December of 2014, and this is how you left the, the, the fans, subscribers of Haunting Season? This, yeah, is, this a, is what you left them with? I know, I'm such a jerk. Um, yeah, there's... Oh, man, there's so much to unpack here. There's so many comments on the channel and also on this video that are like, wait, was this real? Did he really fall down an elevator shaft? Is he dead now? Um yeah, people thought I was dead for a while. Oh my God, sorry. Sorry, world. Uh, I like the psychology of it. Like your mind's kind of playing tricks on you, which is something that goes on in a lot of the stories, but just like how your mind can play tricks. Like maybe there isn't really anything here, 
but it's more of your mind, you know, creating. Yeah, yeah. Being uh, the thing I wrote down is um, it was scary because my mind made it scary. Um, Yeah, and then the the light made me look crazy. So as I'm like having these like conflicting thoughts, the with the headlamp like flashing in my eyes and making these like deep sockets, I'm like, man, this guy's nuts. And then as if it wasn't like jerkish enough to just disappear, there's click here for part four left on the screen. There is no part four. Oh, well, the, actually. Well, there is now, yes. There is. Yeah, I found it. Are you going to read? I'm just going to read it because okay. it doesn't make, like, I'm not going to shave my beard down tight and find a headlamp. Like, let's do this, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with I'm okay with that. I'll let that slide. And since, since we're discovering this together, because I did not proofread it i did not i have no actually no idea i just checked to see if wasn't just repeating stuff i had already done it, it might even just be a rough draft so i would encourage you cody since we're discovering this at the same time to please interject if you have questions thoughts concerns um this is a live reading of part four of the asylum the the zoom is yours i'll do my best yeah, and I'll have uh, our editor Colby put in some music and stuff so it feels nice and spooky. But uh, but here we go, just giving it a shot. Part four, The Asylum. The pain was gone. It had been sharp and shooting, but short, the way pain slips through your body when you jump off of a big rock onto a flat surface in your high tops as a kid. Shoo! Straight from the arches of your feet to the top of your head and up into the sky like a rocket. Nonetheless, I got up slowly, doing a mental checklist to make sure everything was in order. Wrists, ankles, knees, head, all in check. I looked around, shuffling in the dark, lit only by my headlamp, until I found... Ah, the ladder! Yes! The door to the elevator shaft had closed behind me, but up was my only option. Maybe if I could get up high enough to reach... A large rumbling came from above my head. The elevator car, was it? Yes, it was groaning as if the weight of gravity over all these years was about to be too much. It was about to... No, I I couldn't think like that. I had to make a good move. A fearless move. The only option I had was up. My hands, negligent and grabbing onto the rusty, misshapen rungs of the ladder, started to climb quickly, hand over hand. Foot over foot, I raced to the basement door as the car above me creaked and whimpered, as if to say, I can't do this anymore, I'm too weak. Hold on there, elevator, I said out loud. Just give me two minutes. I don't know if I can. (laughs) I guess that's the elevator. I'm sorry. I guess that's the elevator's response. I don't know if I can. (laughs) <laughs> okay sorry I'll so the elevator's that. talking to you i guess it's like romanticized you know like i i understand the elevator is about to give out just help me out buddy help me out a little bit i don't know <laughs> if i can i'm so sorry all right let's get let's take this and we get this seriously um okay so hold on there elevator i said out loud just give me two minutes i don't know if i can <laughs> we just gotta move past it finally i reached the door Shut tight. Damn it. I pulled and pulled, almost losing my balance. But my hands were quick. Psst. Up here. I heard a voice above my head. 
just under the elevator car. Jessica? Is that you? Psst. Come on. Hurry up. There was no time for thinking. The elevator car was groaning, full voice now. I can't hold it much longer! Ah! I raced up towards a beam of light where a small hand was extended out the cracked lobbied floor door, just a foot below the bellowing elevator. Hand over hand, foot over foot. Ow! I let go completely, ripping the sharp rusty spike of the deformed ladder rung out of my hand as I started to fall backwards towards the black void. This was it. This was twice the fall that didn't kill me. This was an entire story, plus eight feet with a falling elevator car to boot. I was dead, and I knew it. And all I could do was... Suddenly that little hand grabbed onto my wrist with enough force to slam me back against the ladder. The elevator screamed, This is it! I'm letting go! As I scrambled up the final rungs to the little opening in the door. And as several hands grabbed me and dragged me through the door, I was blinded by the bright, incandescent glow of the clean and busy lobby, and deafened by the murmur of six young people dressed in all white huddled around me, all asking questions at once. The sound of solid wood heels on the pristine marble floor got louder as I started to calibrate to my surroundings. They were coming to me. And I knew this because the young men and women all stood up and backed away as the high-heeled shoes came to rest in front of my eyes. Another attempt to escape, Mr. Flax? Was she talking to me? Frightfully, I let my eyes roll up the nurse's uniform, a stark white dress with a red embroidered cross over her left breast, all the way up to her piercing dark eyes. Mr. Flax, I asked you a question. I thought for a moment. Are you speaking to me? Well, I'm not speaking to your father. I, I think there's been some mistake. Oh, I see. Are you not Mr. Flax today? Off day, is it? To whom should I address myself? Mr. Bragg, perhaps, today? I was astonished. How did she... How did she know my real name? That's right. The words sounded foreign from my own mouth. Where am I? Come now, Mr. Bragg. Certainly you know the answer. I looked around. The tile and walls were brand new, but it indeed was the same lobby I had stepped through just an hour before. Where the tree had grown through the window, the glass was perfect. A nurse stood at the front desk, talking on a rotary phone. The crumpled couches were reupholstered and the leg had been fixed. All of the sconces and the chandelier were lit bright with electric bulbs. This was the same place, but... But... Mr. Flax, if you cannot behave and you refuse to take your medication, then you must spend some alone time. You know this. More solid wood heels cracked against marble as two large men approached in white scrubs. No, wait, I, I think there's been some sort of mistake. I looked to the six fellow inmates that helped me up the shaft, who all looked at their feet, too afraid to help. Tell them, I begged the six as the guards grabbed me by my biceps. Tell them there's a mistake, please. Alice, Sean, will you say nothing? As they dragged me away to solitary confinement, I fell into shock. Where did those names come from? Did I know these people? Had I read some report about this place? Uh, some important event that happened there? What the hell is going on? 
The two men forced three pills down my throat and then shut and locked the door to the padded room that I would spend the next three days in, alone with my panicked, wandering thoughts. Uh, that's another cliffhanger. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> what an asshole. Okay, 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 okay. I'll write a part, what is it, five now? Yes. I'll write a part five. I'll write wow, part but five. what the hell? So, okay, I, if I'm understanding this correct, there's a romantic relationship with an elevator. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow, really taking risks there, the, giving the elevator a full, full-blown full voice. Yeah, and maybe the voice, you could use a different like vo- voice like you know for the elevator, so it'd be like, I'm doing the best I can. Jeez, just give me a minute. I can't hold on it, any I, longer. I can't hold on forever. Come on, I'm... I'm one second. I'm doing my best. And you can't win them all, Cody. No. Uh, but also, uh, okay, so then, so if you're institutionalized, did you die? Um, and now you are forever like a ghost in this thing? Or was the entire investigation something you were a patient in a certain time and you just made up a story? Of like, oh, I'm a ghost. I'm doing ghost adventures and da 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 da. What do you th- What do you think that What do you think the character is doing? I don't know. I'm gonna have to figure that out because um, I can't. I can't leave it here. I can't disappear for six years. And uh, you know, I'm gonna have to write something quick. Let's get on it. Can you Can you do it right now? I mean, yeah. How about I call you back? Yeah, yeah. And, let's uh, let's check in here in about five minutes, and uh, we'll see where we're five where minutes. The, where... <laughs> give me uh, give me give me two hours. Really? Yeah. We'll 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 record again in two hours, and then uh, we'll post this next week. Are we gonna get another cl- uh, cliffhanger? No, I'm gonna finish this baby. Okay. Okay. Hunting Season was created by me, Joshua Sterling Gregg. Produced by Greg Holdsman and Jessica Richmond. And executive produced by Matt Gielen, Patrick James Lynch, and Ryan Gielen. And is a joint production of Believe Limited and Matt Gielen. This episode was written and hosted by Cody Dugan and Joshua Sterling Bragg. It was edited by Colby Crow. And select music in this episode was made exclusively for the podcast by North Innsbruck. If you like our show, please subscribe on your favorite platform. We have a video version of the show on YouTube and Facebook. Facebook and audio versions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Is that good? Oh boy. <laughs>